Welcome. You've joined The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, that's what The Sexy Lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and those amazing relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. We all deserve it. We sure do. So, have you ever hit rock bottom after a hard breakup, only to find yourself wondering how you'll ever trust anyone in your life, feeling embarrassed, ashamed, and guilty about how you let this happen to you? Will I ever make it feel whole again? On today's show, we're going to find out how to find your inner strength to start loving yourself first so that you can, in turn, find the love of your life, no matter what you've been through. All right. But before we introduce today's mega special guest, we want to remind everybody about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry. Pillows too, no matter matter how wet it gets. That's right, baby. From from massage oils to silicone lubes or any sort of sexy wetness, you just have to throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does our show, The Sexy Lifestyle. You know, we are Carol and David, and we are so excited to welcome today's mega special guest. Podcast host, speaker, and intimacy expert, Alana Pratt, has authored four books and interviewed the likes of Whoopi Goldberg, Alana Morissette, and Dr. Bernie Siegel. And her work has been featured in many mainstream media platforms, which I'm sure we'll ask her about later, So and so, so much more. Alana, we've spoken to you a little bit in the past. Welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Oh, thank you for having me. I love that we're all Canadians. Yay. I love that you were talking about that blanket. I need one. <laughs> uh, it's really great to really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. I had the great opportunity to read your personally your personal story, which I know was written by yourself and explained all the ups and downs that you have been in your life. And I really think that your inspiration comes from a lot of pain. Why don't you tell us about your journey and your rock bottom? Mm, let's just go for the jugular right away. <laughs> right into it, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so so I think I want to start with the the through line of Ori is that my sexual energy has been life force energy, my savior that's kept me going because a lot of the darkness, I left my heart, left my body, left all of that flow coming through me that was there to support me. I shut it off. I went into my head where I was beating myself up and critical and thinking the world was against me and sucked and all of that kind of thing. So it's really dropping back into my flow, my body, my sexuality that's healed me and of course kept life uh, juicy and flowing. So so the the, the shorter version, I suppose, is um, my I, I tried to to do marriage number one 
I was a damsel in distress. I hadn't done any of my personal growth work. You know, I still had all my daddy issues. So when a tall, dark and handsome multimillionaire wanted to marry me, uh, hello, of course I'm in. And I never asked, do I choose him? I just felt so, so finally, like somebody chose me, I I must be enough. And so, uh, you know, the mask and the fake and the do anything he says. um, And yet over time, the the criticism that, that I felt like not even able to cut a vegetable right without being, you know, reprimanded, um, all of that projection of his judgment on me was really just a mirror of my own judgment and criticism of self. Like, was I really good enough? So that six-year relationship, it was more surface. He met me as a sexy dancer in Japan. He was the millionaire. It was like a sort of a shallow match in heaven. It was the the depth that I had at the time. um, It was the best I could do at the time. And that marriage ended. We tried therapy. We tried workshops. But in the end, it ended. Fast forward to my second husband was right when my mother was dying and I had learned in the first marriage I was a damsel in distress so I didn't want to do that so I kind of became I don't know Carol have you ever been like sort of more masculine and you're you're gonna make it happen because you know you want to be strong right you really want that strength. Mm-hmm. I think right. that's, so I think that's really, who you are today. <laughs> I know. Who well, I am actually, today. I'm act- I'd like to say I'm beyond that because it was a phase. Um, I think it's better to be strong, self-responsible and go create your own life rather than be a victim and a damsel in distress. But I wasn't in my queen, uh, juicy energy. I was in my uh, crunchy, masculine control energy. And I'm like, OK, Mom's going to die. I want a husband. I want a baby. I'm not going to have to feel any of this pain. I'm just going to create a life that works. So I, I didn't feel. I wasn't dropped into my truth. My heart was closed, not open. Well, because like energy attracts like energy. Who did I attract? Mm-hmm. Somebody with a closed heart who on the outside, like me, was looking good and fake and happy and all that kind of stuff. But on the inside, he was wounded, just like I was wounded. And very quickly after my mom died, I realized that I had made another mistake. And so here I was a a motherless single mom and I had my second divorce. And that I would say is probably one of my rock bottom moments where I'm like, you know, the only one in, in common here is me. What am I doing? Damsel in distress doesn't work. You know, keep it together. A strong woman doesn't work. So I started to do my inner work, which really got me on the path of becoming a coach and an author and a speaker and all the rest of it. I, I learned that I did not have an intimate relationship with myself, mm-hmm. not with my heart, not with my body, not with the divine. And I was, I was clamoring to be good enough and get attention and approval from the outside in. So, so I started to do my inner work, but it didn't go over so well that I broke my word. I said I would marry my second husband forever, and, and I didn't. And from his point of view, I lied. And I humiliated him. And so from his closed heart point of view, revenge was was the only path. And so it was a 12-year custody battle. My son's basically entire life was spent with judges and evaluators and social services and and a really horrible decade. Um, And in the end, I gave gave up. I had lost my house my savings, uh, my family had turned against me, many friends had turned against me, they believed him. And and so I was in a quarter of a million dollars of legal debt. And I said, fine, you, you take him, I'll do 30%, you can have more. Like, I wasn't obviously willing to give up my son, but I just wanted the, the war 
to end. I wanted those police officers that would knock on my door at 9.30 at night, you know, serving me with more papers. I just wanted it to end. And so for a while, I it was good because I'm like, see, look, I, I am good enough. My son still loves me, right? I was still seeking worth from the outside in until one day my son and his father pulled into the, the driveway on not one of my custodial days. And he's like, you know, dad's right. You're crazy. And I'm going to live with him. Don't try to stop me or I'm the police. Like, you know, something along those lines to the best of my memory. And, uh, and off they went and they, they took everything, even the bear that my son had had since he was like a week old, like gone. And I just remember crumpling onto the cold granite floor as they drove off going, Oh my God, this is my last stitch of, of clamoring for, for worth. And it's gone. And so I had a controlled mini nervous breakdown. I went off into the middle of nowhere and into a cabin and I I did even more inner work. And the beauty was I finally came home to me. I didn't know how to love the part of me that was so ashamed and humiliated. I didn't know how to love the part of me that was so broken and insecure. I didn't know how to love her. I just, anytime I went inside to feel my feelings, I went in to fix her, change her, put her in a better mood, got to look good, got to be in control. I never knew how to go inside. I call it like the dark closet inside of my heart where I had continually hit my little you with a two by four and shoved her in the closet and told her to shut up for decades. I finally went into that closet and I, and I shut the door and away the key. And I said, you know what? I'm going to learn how to unconditionally love you, even if it takes eternity to sit here. And even if your son never calls again, I love and accept you. Even if all your clients go away and everyone rejects you, I love and accept you. And it was a profound moment. Wow. And that was a, a process of coming home intimately to myself. And when I did it often, Carolyn David, this moment happened and I, I have no other words to explain it other than my entire body, every cell turned into a clitoris. Wow. <laughs> and I had a full body oneness orgasm with the divine. I, I came home. I finally no longer resisted me. And it was a moment of bliss, unlike any orgasm I'd ever had. And I cried and I knew I was enough. And I knew I was held and I knew I was home. And from that moment forward, while I prefer people like me, I don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. And while I prefer that I have great sex and a great company and and great clients and all the rest of it, I don't need it to rest Mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. And then this really funny thing happened. My son called (laughs) Mm -hmm. and wonderful men started showing up and extraordinary clients and I'm out of debt and my whole life is working. And it really came from a total surrender and a total intimate relationship with myself. Now, did someone tell you to do this or was it an intuitive type uh, response to your darkness? Mm, I would say both, Carol, because I have always had a coach while coaching. I think it's completely irresistible to not Mm -hmm. because nobody can see their blind spots, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely did have coaches along the way. So it was partly that and partly intuition and partly being in nature. I was in the middle of nowhere and I just, I've always, you know, we're all Canadian here. I've always (laughs) been really connected to the forest and the trees and just surrendering to mother Gaia and just, and just asking for help. I've done plant medicine. I've done many journeys on my growth. And I think it was a combination of everything. 
And uh, one of the most profound questions, though, from one of my coaches that helped me go inside and stop resisting my ex, blaming my ex and blaming myself. I remember one, I don't need to tell you what happened, but something really atrocious happened. And I called my ex a, a lying, conniving fuckhead. <laughs> and, um, and I was right about it. And my coach said, great, Alana, where are you? A lying, conniving fuckhead. Me? Oh, no, I'm perfect. I'm the spiritual one. I always take the high road. No, even according to his point of view, where are you? And I went, oh, my God, you're right. I said I would marry him forever. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. I lied and I humiliated him. So according to his point of view, not to condone his behaviors, but to understand them, it really healed the trigger. It healed the trauma, it healed the wound that kept me stuck spinning in my mind and allowed me to drop into my heart and forgive him and forgive myself. Yeah, because that's kind of the first thing that I had in mind that when you locked yourself in a cabin, getting close to nature, and then you wanted to look inside, we so often blame others. And I'm just wondering how you kind of switch that change that switch or flip the switch so that you didn't blame others in that moment because that's the easiest thing for us to do right blaming complaining and explaining right uh, yeah yeah so once that first sort of layer was off and i had to do the same layer with my son with my father with my sister with friends like there was a long list of people to forgive mm -hmm. but once all of that work was done and i stopped blaming i could find the uh, no better way to say but just like the wounded alana who was doing her best every step of the way. And I was able to forgive myself as well and see that, you know, you, you just wanted daddy's love. You missed your mom. She died. You, you have every right to be feeling the way you feel. And I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And I really learned the true definition of like allowance, which doesn't mean we like it. Doesn't mean we prefer it, that we're sad or scared or mad or ashamed. It just means we're not gonna hit ourselves over the head with a two by four. We're just gonna be in allowance and stay heart connected, stay present, stay in reality. And when we do that and we breathe and we stay present, the brain and the central nervous system has a chance to recalibrate when we, when we slow down and stay in our hearts. So when we do exactly what you said and we start feeling good about ourselves, that doesn't necessarily immediately erase other people's judgments and and the shame that you have. Like, is this a long-term process? Is it something you have to do over and over again daily? Or yes and no. Okay. Um, people are always going to judge you. That's never going to go anywhere. Life is always equal support and equal challenge. There's no way you're ever going to get around that. It's just, do you need to justify and defend and be right and be in control? Or can you just allow? And so what I've learned is even though my ex still doesn't like me, <laughs> right? My dad still doesn't talk to me. There's still a lot of circumstances that I don't care for. I can, I can lower the importance of needing it to be a different way. And I can just allow and I can allow their judgment. And I often do this funny little thing with my clients. I pretend I'm like this, like a keto master and the judgments coming at me. We don't have to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to defend against it. We can like an Aikido master and they, they, they receive the enemy. They receive the oncoming attack. They turn with it and they put it down behind them. And they don't waste any energy. So that's my little point, y'all. So we, we're, dealing, we're going to be dealing with this every day of our life when we show up big, you on your radio show. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that think you're crazy and they judge you. Yeah. But that doesn't change your, your, your truth, your message, your, your mission, right? And other people think you're a total guru and you're, you know, the bee's knees. 
that doesn't mean you're better than others, right? So they're all, we're always going to have praise and criticism, but who can we stay in the middle of it all? Can we stay centered? And so, yes, that is a choice, a daily practice. And the more visibility I get comes more judgment and more praise. And I, again, I just choose to stay along that center line, stay, stay in that centered, grounded place of choice. It's the same way, you know, there's so much busyness that goes on in life every day. And you have to be able to filter out all the stuff. And Carol and I do a great job of making sure that we stay in that little zone of doing things or thinking about things that make us happy. Yes, there's shit and crap that goes on in our lives in our world in the business but not all of it is super important that you have to deal with and like you said a lot of it you just got to push to the side because it's not going to make or break your day but being happy is really conducive to being uh, healthy and you know in, in our world having a great sex life because sex is so important to our relationship but if you get caught up in all the stress and busyness there's no way you can have great sex Right, right. And you're saying something very important here. I Another thing I say to my clients is you can't put sprinkles on top of an ice cream cone of shit and <laughs> make it better. <laughs> you, you can't pretend to be happy. That's a lot of what I think our society is in trouble with, with, you know, this fake, uh, I'll just have an antidepressant. I'll just go on Facebook. I'll just, la, 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 I'll just push it away. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm literally talking about integrating processing alchemy of 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 shame frustration sadness fear i'm not talking about pushing that away and going no i'm just gonna be happy no i'm talking about lean in breathe in be connected to self be in allowance that this is there honor listen care it might only take five seconds it might take five hours if it's a really big trigger, but the idea is lean in, do the alchemy so that that trigger, all the universe is trying to do, everything is for you, nothing is against you. They're just trying to train you into being even more resilient, even more compassionate, even more speaking your truth, even more letting it go. And so when you don't resist the the triggers and you integrate them, you become even more naturally centered and naturally, I would even use the word joyful. Like sometimes we get excited, depressed, excited, depressed, and it's a roller coaster, but there's this sustainable joy mm -hmm. or happiness, as you say, that is above circumstances, beyond circumstances. It's not based on circumstances. It's your own vibration that you've earned and cultivated. Yeah, absolutely. And we feel it ourselves. It's not somebody else can do that for us. That's something we have to do. So you, you can't look yes. outside for that. You must, must, must look inside for that. Yes. And that it sucks because that's hard. <laughs> it's so much easier to look outside, right? I know. Where's I know. my next I believe, yeah. right? Yes. To really sit in the fire, as I right. say, takes bravery, humility, and commitment. Wow. All of this is all great stuff. We're just going to ask you to hold that thought as we remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and we're talking with author and intimacy expert, podcast host, Alana Pratt, all about rising up from the rock bottom and learning how to love yourself again. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. 
And it's great because promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent Delay Spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically... They're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolyndavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. Now back to our program with intimacy expert Alana Pratt as we get a little deeper into how we can learn to create a relationship with ourselves first and then attract the right people into our lives. So Alana, we were having a great discussion about, well, your experience of rock bottom, how you got out of it. And now, of course, you're teaching everybody to do a similar practice to help them in their lives. And I know one of the words that you use is a lot is vulnerability. And I saw one of your catchphrases that vulnerability is the new sexy. I want to hear all about this. (laughs) Well, to me, there's, there's plenty of fake out there right? There's, there's, I mean, the whole Me Too movement, etc. Like, come on, we need to really be honoring of the masculine and feminine. We really need to be real and not be fake and, and manipulate and use each other. And so the opposite of all that would be vulnerability. Yet a lot of people have misunderstood that vulnerability is somehow weak and it's, it's going to set you up to be hurt, where actually I believe the opposite is true. When our heart is closed and we're spinning three steps ahead trying to be safe, we disconnect ourselves from our intuition, our instincts, and our divine intelligence and the field, the universe at large, which there is a non-local intuition possible when you really are in that centered place that we spoke of in the segment before. And so vulnerability is when we open our hearts. Now, true, it is intense. But when we open our hearts all the way, and we expose what's true about us, what's real, what's authentic, we we simultaneously connect with our intuition and instincts again, our, our foresight in our prefrontal cortex, so our foresight, our ability to solve problems, make great choices, and we're at one with the field, the universe, so we have divine intelligence. We are, we are, we couldn't have a, a greater superpower than in our vulnerability. The, the kicker, though, is that you have to be able to navigate tense emotions. It's intense to be vulnerable. It's intense to let go of control. It's it's intense. But we both know that orgasms are intense and we have no problem <laughs> with that, right? And so the similar flooding or flowing of intense energy, and a lot of us have just made it mean that that kind, the vulnerable kind is bad, but the orgasm kind is good. Who says? It's just a point of view. Why don't we change our point of view that the intensity of vulnerability could be just as rewarding, just as many positive outcomes as an orgasm does. And in so doing, we can attract that level of um, deep connection 
And when we're there lovemaking, we, we can open our hearts and speak our truth, not shut our hearts and blame the other. Or we can be brave. We can, we can be transparent. We can literally be so open wide in our vulnerability that we forget where we end and the universe begins. We, we can even feel moments where we don't know where we end and our partner begins. That doesn't come through closed-hearted strategy and manipulation. That comes surrender, letting go and openness. And of course, the body's hormones will be there to flood and support us and the divine will be there and our intuition will be there. At the end of the day, you've got your own back. Enough of giving your power away. Well, they didn't like me and they weren't. Stop. You've got your own back. You're enough. Hold your own like tree trunk with your spine and then open those branches wide in vulnerability. And what I've discovered over time is that it's sexy, not like push-up bra sexy, <laughs> not like outside sexy, but it's sexy because there's something about a person who doesn't need approval. Oh, that's really sexy. There's something about a person that doesn't need a circumstance to be a certain way to to be completely fine. It's kind of like Indiana Jones and everything falls apart and the cliff falls away and all that. And he's like, yeah, he's chill. He's like, yeah, I think I'll just whatever. He pulls out his gun or whatever. Like there's a there's a sexiness to someone who you can't rattle, you can't shake. And so that's what I mean by vulnerability is the new sexy. Now, so many of us have grown up with messages from whether our parents or our culture or society has told us that we that it's not good to show our vulnerability. And especially for men, uh, been told that that's like a sissy or a pussy. Um, how do you get that mindset changed so people can actually dive in and, and harvest that vulnerability that's going to help them get through all those things? Things that they need to well we're evolving humanity is evolving and emotions are evolving and if you really look at the people that told us these messages these misunderstandings that you shouldn't show your fears you shouldn't cry boys don't cry be seen not heard all of that who was the one giving us that message was that somebody in their heart or not was that someone in fear or love so clearly the people that gave us these messages their hearts were closed they were in fear they were giving us a very low vibrational um sabotaging mechanism to try to deal with all of this they it wasn't buddha tell us this jesus didn't tell us this no. right okay so we have to go to the source and like be in reality and 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 yes our parents did their best Frankly, society wants to keep us in fear so they can control us. Mm -hmm. See it. Wake up. Get that if they can keep you reacting and in fear and blaming each other, they can control you. Wake up so they can't and really reprogram your own point of view. Your point of view creates a reality. Nobody's holding a gun to your head making you think something. If you slow down, observe, you can change it. You can, I have so many different quantum psychology, spiritual technology, you know, processes that I've been trained in, that I support my clients with, with my home studies or my coaching or private coaching. There's ways to rewire the brain. That's not the problem. The main thing is like, choose. I am no longer going to be run by fear or what other people think about me. I'm going to come home to me, to my superpowers, to my deliciousness, and I'm going to live heart open and, and suck the marrow out of life. <laughs> 
You know, like that. Al- that's great. Like and that. Alana, that's a great segue into the next point that I wanted to bring up because we're talking about society. We're talking about social media, multimedia, and all the messages that are out there. Let's talk about those messages that have to do with the per- perfect body and not su- you're not supposed to have flaws in your body. How do, how do people change that mindset? Because people should be happy and comfortable with who they are and in their own skin. Well, in a, in a perfect world, I, I absolutely agree with you. But again, if society wants you to buy something, it's fear, and and then they can control us. And so social media is no different than anything else. It's just it's the algorithms are to Facebook into fear. It's very widely known. And so you get to choose. You get to choose. Do Am I going to buy into this and try to be good enough and keep up with the Joneses? Or am I going to take the reins back of my life? and be in charge and, and, and show my authentic self. Sometimes no makeup, sometimes makeup. You know, for me, one of my spiritual practices is literally my business. I'm an intimacy expert to help me have a platform to be real. So my clients, my community, my YouTube channel, my podcast, my newsletters, sometimes a last And sometimes I'm, I'm really scared and vulnerable. I don't back any of it with them. I share all of it. I want to be a way shower that we don't have to be fake. We, we can learn to make it safe to be, uh, to be authentic. So we just have to each live our own truth. And then you really start to realize who your real friends are, right? If people only like you when you give away your power and you're quote unquote perfect, are they really your friends? Or are they the ones that love you whether you're sad or happy? Right. Or that have your back no matter what. Now, I'm more worried about the younger folk out there who um, are they don't they're not even aware that there's a possibility that this multimedia message might be wrong. You know, they're not mm-hmm. don't even know that those beautiful touched up models that are on all of these images are not real. Like, yeah, they might not even realize it. And so they grow up from a young age with the fact that, oh, I don't look like that. Therefore, I'm not good. And it stays within them. And so so therefore, how do you how do you get your message to those young people out there? We just found out there's an app out there that if you take your picture uh, for Instagram or Snapchat, there's an app that actually puts makeup on you, right. so you look made up. So you don't even have to put makeup on, and you take your your own That's picture. The, where are we going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really fires me the fuck up is is having my business be successful enough that I can begin to fund shifts in algorithms with Snapchat, Facebook, all these other things so that they they can I can give them a choice. I'm not a techie geek. I don't understand how it's going to all work, but I do have an intention that if all that's happening is the powers that be are coming from fear to control. What if the powers that be chose a different way mm-hmm. and uh, younger like millennials and, and like my son is 16, give them a different choice. So I get out there on my podcast. I get out there and share my message that it's not about being, you know, beautiful. It's about being your unique version of beauty itself. Right. It's not about seeking as I once did. I'm totally vulnerable about it. Seeking my approval from the outside in. It's giving it to yourself on the inside out and showing them how to simply put their hands on their heart. When they wake up in the morning, I put one on my yoni and one on my heart, and you can put it on your belly or what have you. Just take a few breaths and you go, hey, sweet self, what have I not slowed down enough to hear? What do you want to let me know? 
And our being, our body, our truth will speak to us in images, thoughts, emotions, body sensations. Listen, get curious. And then once you hear what's true, that hanging out with so-and-so doesn't feel nourishing. It doesn't feel honoring. And once you know that truth, then you can take an action in your life to shift over and be with people that do feel like a contribution to yourself. It's really about supporting old and young to slow down and get back into their body, which is why I love being on this show that while we're talking about great sex life, et cetera, that doesn't, I mean, while our, our mind has a big part to play in it, being embodied is really where the solution is going to be. Learning how to navigate our emotions is is the way in. And sex can be a very vulnerable, beautiful way to heal our hearts and to build courage and to express our authentic selves. And so that's how I'm at least supporting my son. We talk about sex. We talk about drugs. We talk about right. snaps. We talk about everything, and I don't judge him. As a parent, I'm so committed when he says something totally crazy off the wall, like, oh, my God, I'm going to pull out my hair. I take a breath. (laughs) I hold on to little Alana, who I've practiced for all these years, and I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I got your back. I got your back. I open my heart to him, and I go, tell me more, babe. Tell me more. I'm curious. You've also instilled in him that uh, need to communicate and express those feelings. So not only should you wake up and ask yourself the questions, but also share those ideas with the others around you so that you don't look like the geek who's not going to, you know, not going to do what society tells them to do, but also be proud to say what they want to say. Thank you. I'm so proud of him. And I have done my own inner work to let go of guilt and all that I put him through and forgive myself. And I did my best and everybody's doing their best. And what did we learn? And how can we be different now? Like I do all my work, right? But there's still like a little sliver, like, oh my God, have I really fucked him up forever? (laughs) And so we were at brunch brunch the other day. um, And I, we had, I don't know, we'd gone to do something and I reacted a bit at the bank and I, I wasn't my best self. And he's like, mom, just let it go. (laughs) And I'm like, I Buddha boy, right? <laughs> and here's what I've decided, mom. I've decided that my soul chose you and dad. And, and first I chose you so I could learn a life where I didn't feel. Because for a period of time, he stuffed them away and had various behaviors that maybe weren't as optimal for his life. And he goes, but then mom, you taught me how to feel. And then from there, I learned to, to hear my truth. And from there, I learned to to turn all of that pain into resilience. And from there, mom, I love pressure. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Because mom, I love to be on the pitching mound. At the end of the game, they bring me in to close. Mm-hmm. And all the other kids, maybe they have more money or better trainers or better gear or whatever. But I'm the one that has been, you know, iron in the fire through 12 years of a custody battle. And <laughs> I can close that game. I love pressure. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. That's so that cool. He's doing it. He's taking the pain through alchemy, not putting on a happy face, pretending he's fine. No, he's integrated this. He's embodied it. He's doing the work. And if he's 16 and can do it, my God, our, our children, they, they totally have hope. Yeah. They totally have a chance. We just need to teach them how. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely so uh, we're going to transition a little bit into our Great Sex Matters. And we're going to, um, before we get into that, I have a question, um, something that you talk about a lot. And it's about what your take is on MILFs. So that word is probably one of the most searched words on the Internet. Now, is it derogatory or is it flattering? 
it again, your point of view creates your reality. So if it's a mom, you want to fuck. Okay, so maybe that's more of a derogatory term. But why don't we have something like a majestically inspiring, luscious fox or a maternal firing, you know, right? Like, it's just a point of view. We don't have to let another's opinion of us define us. That's a really big deal to not let others' opinions of us define us. So I love the word. Um, I've personally redefined it. I get a kick out of it when my son says that his friends think I'm hot. I just have a good old good old time with it because what they're really picking up on. I mean, I am in shape and I do, you know, try to wear good fashion, etc. That kind of thing. It brings me joy. But really, what I think they're picking up on is sexual energy. Yeah, I agree. With that. And they don't understand that sexual energy is not just bound to bound bound, which is awesome. Sexual energy is also healing, caring, safe energy. It's also bold. Don't fuck with me, like mother bear energy. It's also creative, generative. Hey, let's create a podcast. Let's write a book like this creative energy. And it is swinging from the chandeliers and doing whatever the hell you want. Wild, kinky, erotic. Yay. It's all these things. It's life. It's chi. It is the energy that spins the planet and blossoms a flower. That's sexual energy. I choose. And I didn't before. But I choose now to let it flow through me 24-7. I'm appropriate. I'm not going to orgasm at the back of a funeral, you know, a house or something like that, right? But we can turn it up and down, but we never need to turn it off. And there's always an authentic flow of sexual energy in every moment to contribute to the situation. Maybe it's more of the tender healing and it's just putting a hand on somebody's shoulder and helping them ground and be seen, heard, and understood. Maybe it is very wild and erotic. Maybe it is creative. Maybe it's, uh uh-uh, no, back off, turn around now. I mean, it's all these flavors, but it's truth. But I mean, Carol is a MILF. She's very proud of it. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she is a very confident woman, and it comes out in the fact that she is who she is, and I yes. am proud to show my body, not sexually. I mean, we yes, we're swingers, and we show our bodies naked in orgies, but, you know, we go to the gym, we work hard, we eat well, we are happy, we are healthy, we are horny. And that's yeah. o- that's okay. And if people yeah. look at Carol and they say, wow, your wife is gorgeous— I say, thank you. She's so proud of it. And then I say, tell her. Don't just tell me about it. Oh, for sure. But, but the sexual energy that you talked about earlier is exactly what I've been feeling in my, my whole life. So I think I've always been a, a sexual person. I've always had that type of sexual energy. But only recently have I been able to be, I was going to say like David, proud of it and yeah. uh, and expose it because I always thought, I always felt shame about that sexual energy. I was always trying to hide it. But now our new life yeah. since I've met David, of course, this is our second marriage and we have transformed our life into be very sexual life. But now I have no shame about it. I absolutely love this sexual energy. And it comes in all those forms that you just described, which I think that's awesome. And also being swingers, where the woman drives, it's so empowering for Carol, where she can say yes to have great sex or get the fuck away because we're not doing this because you're bringing on some negative vibes here. Oh, yeah, we definitely feel that. Right. Tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, mm, absolutely. This is so good, you guys. And something I wanted to p- point out about the shame that you just mentioned before, and maybe it has to do with your extraordinary partnership and the safety and the commitment that the two of you have. And maybe it's just internal, Carol, and maybe it's a bit of both. I'd love to know. But 
quite often as sexual beings when we're younger, we trigger other people. We're just free, we're just being radiant, we're just being sexy and alive, we're just being happy in ourselves, right? But we trigger others and then they project their sexual guilt and shame onto us and we think we're wrong. Now that I've slowed down and I understand energy and I do my little, I can see it when somebody's triggered by me, like some wife is triggered that her husband's looking at me or something like that. I can feel her daggers coming at me. I don't react because it's okay. We're all human. I heard her shame or guilt. And then I just open in that moment. I go, Hmm, what energy could I be right now? That would be a contribution to this. I'm not going to defend myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, shrink. I'm not going to pour it on. What would, what would love do right now? Cause basically sexual energy is love, right? Um, and so often I'll go praise the woman, which will calm her down a bit. Yeah. And then he will, and everything will go better. Yeah. So, um, so thank you for pointing out that we don't have to take on other people's guilt or shame. Right, absolutely. And, I, and, and I'm glad that I'm in that particular space myself in my life today. And I'm so happy that I don't even have to think of those things that I had. I have definitely put those aside. And I have like no guilt or shame today about the kind of life that we live. And I'm very, very proud of the life that we live right now. So awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All of this is so, so, so interesting. But let's just take a second to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with Alana Pratt, podcast host, author, and intimacy expert. And coming up next is our favorite part of the show Great Sex Matters. And we all want better sex, right? All righty. You know, we love hedonism. We spent the winter there. We were there for 89 sexy days. It's one of our favorite places to hang out naked on the beach. And it is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like. So we are so excited about uh, the fact that this is Hedo's 40th anniversary celebration. It's happening October 30th to November 6th. So come and join us there for a week. Um, you can get naked on the beach with us, maybe be on our show. For more information, go to thesexylifestyle.com, click on the Hedo link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And just remember, you can always visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to stay informed about all the sexy and open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world. Exactly. And if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible uh, people and events, go to sdc.com and you can use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. Check it out. All right. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So we've been discussing all sorts of things about self-love, about getting rid of shame and embarrassment and guilt about the things that we've done. But I guess the most important thing here is how we internalize and find that happiness and how that affects our sex life. Because this show is really about how to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. But we can't do that when we're repressed and we have guilt and we have shame about sex. So I would love for Alana to share with us, if that's okay with you, how your mm-hmm. sex life evolved because your very first sexual encounter, well, I don't know if they were very first, but you started doing your dancing and modeling in Japan, which I guess that's kind of how you found your first success and uh, you empowered it back then. What was your sex life back? Uh, what was your sex life like back there when you were in Japan? Wow, that's a great question because that was a good 30 years ago. <laughs> I still 
Um, I was still discovering. It was the first time to ever do like a show and that felt so taboo, but so empowering and freeing at the same time. I remember dancing with these girls from France and everyone on their side of the stage, all the, the men, we were at like the Four Seasons Beautiful Hotel, the sexy review show, and all the men on their side of the stage would like sit up like little Boy Scouts and bow. But all the men on my side of the stage were like all slimy and kind of icky. And I'm like, what's up with that? And I realized that, wait a minute, they know how to transform a man's attention. It's almost like that Tibetan, you know, uh, Tonglen, where the monks breathe in the pain and suffering of the world and breathe out love and compassion. These women had learned how to breathe in whatever energy, judgment, like you, don't like you, they were breathing in all of it. And they were somehow affirming inside, yes, I am a goddess. My body is a divine temple. And then they would exhale, thank you for noticing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I began to learn that my point of view that my body is a divine temple and that my sexuality is sacred and to be revered that was my point of view and when i had that my external world literally began to shift so as i began to have sex and make love from that place i became became more adventurous more expressed i remember even once in in thailand walking up and down the beach only in a floss g-string until i could become one with nature like i sort of don't stop making love since i was at that age and and began I don't wait around for a penis. <laughs> I, I, I'm always making love with nature and life. And I'm, I'm, I don't wait to feel juicy, to feel penetrated by life, to penetrate life with my uh, passion, enthusiasm. And so uh, it, it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun. I wouldn't say it was as, as it is now because I hadn't gone through the dark night of the soul yet. So it was more playful, more fun, more erotic. Um, I had a perfect little 20 year old body. I felt great. <laughs> right. So it's a whole different thing when you have stretch marks and you've been through like custody hell and all the rest of it to open again and again, like bringing back in that vulnerability. So, so sex over time has become more, um, more rich, more, more brave, more humble, more dominant, more submissive, like just all the polarities have widened over time. The more I've had my heart cracked open. Right, exactly. Now that was a really, I guess, fun year for you. And I, and those first years of curiosity and discovery are kind of like that. But yeah. reality kind of set in when you put on that fake mask, and you were pretending to be happy now living in New York and, and studying and now your married life. How was your sex life like at that point? Mm. As I moved through my two different marriages, it was a lot of the residual pleasing him, not letting my own pleasures be known or even matter. And so it was a lot of giving away my power, doing things that weren't really in alignment with my truth, just to just to get attention, just to get love, just to feel safe. Um, and of course, that doesn't work. So I would say that would have been like if we were to see a DNA spiral. It keeps going up, right? We keep learning. It keeps going up. But I was definitely like dark side of the moon. I was definitely around the back, mm -hmm. not fulfilled, not in my truth, giving power, scared, and also disconnecting from that life force energy flowing through me because I, I mean, not like a party trick, like I can do it every day, but like I can orgasm just dancing. 
by myself. Wow. Like I'm an energetic, like, you know, Jaya Ma, right? She has all the different ways she teaches us about her blueprints. So I'm, I'm very connected to energy and energetics. I can have a dream and wake up and be having an orgasm. So I don't, but if somebody goes to for my clit or my nipples, when I'm in partnership, I completely shut down. So there's like a different side to me as well. It takes me longer to warm up with a partner. Safety is humongous for me, partially because of what's over my life and partly just how I'm wired. Now, now obviously over the span of your life, you started off as a dancer. You've gone through many different sexual experiences. Have you had the opportunity to explore your sexuality a little bit, maybe with another woman, with uh, an open relationship, uh, things that might have been um, available to you based on that open sexuality you started with as a dancer in Japan? Yes, I wish I'd had more um, courage back then because the girls were so hot in my show. <laughs> but I was still young and they were older and they would have these beautiful orgies with all of the actors and musicians that would come to town. And I would go home on my little red bicycle and get up early and teach English. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't have the courage back then. But since then, I've had uh, I've been with a woman. I've been with threesomes and a man and a woman or, or two men. I've, I've explored uh, different experiences. I've explored BDSM and and all sorts of different things and what I've discovered is that for me energetically that's my wiring and study would be next kink would be next and just straight fucking would be last and so I'm, I've just learned how I'm wired and I don't think I'm better or worse than anyone else I think each of us have our own sexual souls journey on the planet and for some reason I I still to this very day I'm dating somebody quite lovely but still I, I'll be 50 in a couple months I still haven't met my Carolyn David like I still haven't met my guy so that sense of ah exhale I can do it with the universe I can do it with little you inside my heart I can no problem orgasming but I'm still my soul's journey is still waiting for that guy to feel safe now, once that's occurred for some length of time, I think swinging and all these other things would be, you know, fun. But right now, I haven't even nailed that first one. <laughs> so, so for now, that's too much stimulation for me, and it triggers my safety wounds. Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested in what a really deep, profound monogamous relationship right. would be like for a stretch of time. Right. Sure. Now, we talk, we talk so much about the need and importance for self-pleasuring a little bit to the women out there and the guys out there about the 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 need to first of all not be shamed by masturbation but the need yes. to do it to have great sex yeah yeah there's a big concern i have with the brain with porn and the disconnection it makes from the person and so I have nothing against porn. I like I have I love masturbation, but I really want us to understand what we do. Does that actually support us in having better sex with another person or not? I have a lot of clients with premature ejaculation or they can't ejaculate. And when I dig a little deeper, it's it's quite often porn and it's really affected their central nervous system. So they can't actually be with their partner. They're in their head with the image um, and the quick jacking off with what happened with their situation mixed with shame and guilt so they can't be in their open heart and stay present to another so what i what i suggest to some of my clients that are dealing with that still masturbate like i masturbate every day um so um i would i would say use the image thought emotion and body sensation that's how the brain works 
and the field mixing with our brains. See all of those or use all of those four elements and masturbate to a person. They can be a hot person. It can be a goddess. It can be like Thor, ladies. It could be Fabio, like whatever. But like, remember that you want to bring in the the heart connection. We must have the emotion, the body sensation, as well as the image and the thought. All four elements firing to really have one bigger orgasms, but the ability to then use that masturbation for your sexual play to take it to realms yet experienced. Absolutely, and you know, masturbation is not just for single people. We had uh, Kim Kim and Brad from Tantric Hearts on our show. We we interviewed them live at Hedonism, and they were talking about the need for couples. To masturbate. Carol, you, why don't you just describe a little bit what they were talking well, about? Well, of course, couples, most people do masturbate, but not to be ashamed in front of your partner, to really masturbate in front of your partner and not be ashamed. But also one of the, the homeworks that she gave uh, to the class was to have your partner masturbate as if you're not there in the room. So as if they're just on their own masturbating the way they normally do. And then you're watching as an observer taking and taking notes. notes as to what are the techniques that he or she uses to get off. And for example, how fast, how slow in which area and for how long um, because generally speaking a guy or a girl can get themselves off so much quicker than anybody else can and right. it might just be because that person is not using the same or the correct techniques and so that you learn a lot from your partner by watching them uh, masturbate and the and goal isn't to get yourself or them off quicker the goal is to learn from them so you can become a better lover as a couple uh, yes and then know their, their sweet spots basically yeah I'm 100% behind that. I think that's great, great advice. I love that. I definitely personally and tell my clients to masturbate in front of one another. And I even do this exercise, not with sex, but in a, in a group called fly on the wall. And one person stays in the room, but we talk about them. We talk about all the things we love about them. And then we say, and for them to be a 10, what we'd love to see more of is, mm -hmm. and it's very powerful in a group coaching situation at a retreat to have this fly on the wall experience. So what you're saying from these people is to do that sexually. I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And another practice that I give, I've given myself and I give my clients, and this is the, to erase the shame around masturbating is to keep eye contact with yourself in the mirror mm -hmm. as you bring yourself to climax. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. just like, okay, here I am. And it's beautiful. Well, David will not be able to do that because he can't keep his eyes open. <laughs> he totally always yeah. closes his eyes. And even though people tell him, now keep your eyes open, stare at each other. He, oh my gosh, I can't do it. So he's so funny. He, his eyes always close. <laughs> Just one of those things. He's not in shame, so it's fine. No, it's, go all, off. <laughs> it's all good. Now, I know that you talk about your pole dancing and how you've made it your sacred church or your space. It's where you are one with yourself. Tell us how that works for you and what about pole dancing is good for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I miss it. I, for so many of the last couple places I've been staying on my sabbatical, I haven't had my pole. So I miss it so bad. So to me, the pole instantly is eroticism. So it brings me into my body. It brings me into that sacred sexual energy, grabbing onto the pole. And it's, it's a, it's a fine line because if you grab too hard, like trying to control life too hard, trying to make something happen, you can't spin around. 
But if you don't grab on hard enough, you'll fall off. Mm. And same with if you don't show up in life, if you don't speak your truth, if you don't go for your dreams, right? So there's a sweet spot of how you interact with the pole. Like the pole is life. The pole is the universe. It's like you and the divine dancing together. And uh, there's just nothing like getting yourself going fast enough with one hand on the pole and you just take off and you just fly. It's so erotic and free and delicious just to soar. And then, of course, to climb the pole and to dig your thighs into the pole and to use your core energy and like to flip yourself upside down and put your feet on the ceiling and stamp the ceiling and slap your ass and slide down and slither onto the ground. It's just, it's just such beautiful expression of all the different flavors of the feminine. You can be a dangerous beauty. You can be, you know, erotic and wild. You can be free and playful. You can be dorky. You can be anything. And it's my it's my invitation into my body and my femininity. Wow. I think you're getting Carol wet wow. just describing all that eroticism. <laughs> Never mind the strength and the power that you have to have to do all of that and the coordination. And it's a talent. It's not just that you love to do it. It's the fact that you can do it is, to me, not surprising, but just so off awesome, I guess is the word. So before we get into final advice, I just want to say something about pole dancing. I tried it naked once. Naked pole dancing for guys just doesn't work. Plain and simple. You got a little little burn there? More than a burn. It was a little twist. (laughs) I get it. Well, if you see a regular pole dancer, she's covered in bruises. Uh Yeah. Yeah, So it's it, yeah, the, underneath the arm is a bruise, inner thighs are bruised. It's it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, keep keep yeah, put your pants on there <laughs> when you when you pull the Exactly. <laughs> now it's time for some yeah. final advice, Alana. What would you say could be the top two things that a couple could do to spice up their mundane relationship and enjoy some great sex? Well, first, I love the idea, and it could be going for a walk in nature, it could be naked in bed, it could be over dinner, it could be anywhere, but the idea is to start to make it safe to speak about the unspeakable or to speak about your secret fantasies. A lot of us don't know quite when to bring it up. Sometimes we withhold, 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 push, right? Or we say it when we've had a little too many drinks and they take it the wrong way. Like to to set yourself up to win with a safe way, uh, an intimate way to speak about your desires is key. And so simply going back and forth saying, tell me something that you, um, tell me a secret about one of your sexual desires and just share one. And the other person only gets to say, thank you. No rebuttal, no comments, no nothing. And then back and forth. Do this for a good 20, 30 minutes, just sharing one fantasy or one secret about your sexual desires back and forth. You'd be amazed what you thought you knew about your partner, but you didn't. And so once you finish this, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, if you're not already making love, you probably will. Because <laughs> yes. it's really quite hot. And the idea that all the partner is going to say is thank you doesn't mean they agree. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to say, yes, I'm going to do this. Doesn't mean we're going to have consent. Yes. But now it's on the table. So now we can talk about, would you like to try that? And what is our stop word? All these kind of, you know, rules to make it really safe moving forward. But first we need to have the safe space to say it, knowing we're not going to be rejected or judged. So that would be one thing that I would say to uh, spark up your sex life. And the other would be a challenge to let yourself be sexy all day, i.e., you know, wake up in the morning, life, 
have your way with me, fuck me open today, penetrate me, what you got in store for me, um, to really open to that and also penetrate the world, fuck the world open with your truth, your passion, your talents, your gifts, your genius. Don't just wait for Bound Chicka Bound Bound to let this sexual energy flow in your life. Become even more of a sexual creature, sensual creature, energetic creature all the time. Like let a sunset move you to orgasm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, just allow with without shame or guilt this incredible yummy hot juicy energy to flow through you all the time it's healing it's a gift it's your birthright and then bring that of course in your lovemaking wow okay so we, we, I'm we, wet now. We, we've done shows I think that was the best best ending ever Alana that was amazing <laughs> Thank you so much. We love you. Next time we're out west, we will definitely get together with you. Thanks for sharing your stories. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can reach out to you online, social media, and sign up for some of your coaching. Oh, thank you. That was so sweet of you. I can't wait till we meet in person. Two very hot people. I want to be in the middle of that sandwich when you guys mm. give me a hug. So. Yay. <laughs> You would go to Alana.com, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. There is an intimacy blind spot quiz there. It's an assessment. Uh, it's totally free. I think it's going to help a lot of people go, what is in the way? And that's the definition of a blind spot. You can't see it. I can't see mine either. So I encourage people to go to my site, also my YouTube channel, my podcast, Intimate Conversations, just all sorts of ways for me to love you. Come into my world. And they can buy your books from your website? Oh, yes, they can buy my books from my website. There's ways to contact my intimacy success advisors. If you're interested in working with me with group or private or retreats or one year programs, VIPs, uh, all of that is set up there. Yeah, I'm. it's amazing. Back in the beginning, it was like, do you have a checkbook and a pulse? Great, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, I'm blessedly so busy that I have uh, two intimacy success advisors that meet with new people to make sure they're a fit to work with me. Wow. So I'm very, very blessed with wow. my business. That's great. Thank you so much. And we are learning more and more every week from all our fantastic sexpert guests. And we hope you do too. Just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to, to find out more about all our expert guests. You can even contact them if you have a question about sex, sexuality, and relationships. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get the first month free so check it out well that's it for another amazing show today alana pratt thank you so much for being here mm, such a pleasure i adore you both it's such a privilege a delicious privilege a delicious one thank you and let's thank everybody out there for listening to our show and join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle when we talk about sex sexuality sexual health and pleasure and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy healthy and always horny well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please, please, please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.